Hey there, it's Olivia Allen Price, host of Bay Curious, the podcast. KQED Podcasts wants to thank listeners like you whose support makes this podcast possible. If you want to help us continue to make great content, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. And thanks. From KQED. I'm so glad that all of you are here today. A handful of kids sit in teacher Patrick Messick's sixth grade classroom, surrounded by colorful displays of anatomy, moon cycles, and books. Um, And then we have a lot of people joining us online. The rest of their classmates are connected through Zoom. Despite the stop-and-go conversation, the students are focused. They care a lot about this conversation. Does diesel trucks burn fuel that causes black carbon and nitric oxide? All these gases are pretty deadly. The students attend Life Academy of Health and Bioscience, a school in East Oakland. Many of them can hear this from their homes. 880, a 6-8 to lane highway with heavy truck traffic, most of which runs on diesel. We may not see this bad air, but we can breathe it. It just hurts to know that our community is slowly dying because of this air pollution. A few miles away, there's another highway. It runs roughly parallel to this one, but driving on it feels different. There are more trees around it, for one, and you won't see any big rigs on it. That highway is 580. These Life Academy students can't drive, but they are obsessed with the 580 freeway for one very important reason. Trucks weighing more than 9,000 pounds, like big rigs, are not allowed on it. If 580 and 880 were both affected, then maybe we'd understand, but it's only us. This makes me feel a bit angry and sad. They've been studying the health impacts of air pollution in science class. Now they want to know... Why are large polluting trucks banned on I-580, the highway that runs through the Oakland Hills, but not on the 880, the highway that runs through my neighborhood? This is Bay Curious, the podcast that explores the Bay Area one question at a time. I'm Katrina Schwartz. This week, we're talking about two East Bay highways and why air pollution is so much worse in neighborhoods along one of them. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Sixth graders at an East Oakland school want to know why they're exposed to so much more air pollution than residents living near the East Bay Hills. 
KQED climate reporter Laura Clivens visited their classroom to find out how they got interested in this topic. When wildfire smoke blanketed the Bay Area last fall, students in Patrick Messick's class, like many of us, were struggling to breathe. But for a lot of them, shortness of breath is all too common. Me and my granny both have asthma, and sometimes we can't even go outside to enjoy ourselves because of the diesel-burning trucks. Having clean air is very important to me because I have asthma. When I have an asthma attack, my chest hurts. I can't breathe in well. I have asthma, so it's like harmful for everybody who has asthma to breathe harmful air, and it could cause like asthma attacks and lung disease. Residents in this area of East Oakland experience some of the highest rates of asthma hospitalizations in the county. Many factors contribute to increased risk of asthma. One of them, the class learned, is polluted air. The tiny particles in diesel exhaust are some of the most dangerous. And those particles are small enough to get deep into the lungs and in some cases even pass through the lung barrier to get into the bloodstream. Phil Martin works at the Bay Area Air Quality Management District, reviewing how air pollution is distributed across the Bay Area. He says diesel particles and the chemicals attached to them can lead to heart attacks, lung cancer, and lung diseases that make it hard to breathe. And for kids... Young people are particularly vulnerable because their lungs are still developing. There's actually been studies where they've looked at young lungs of children who live near freeways and their lungs don't ever fully develop. Their lungs don't ever fully develop. So it's no surprise that Martine says living by freeways can also cause asthma. A study found that concentrations of harmful pollutants from diesel exhaust are significantly higher in neighborhoods along 880, where the students live, than in other Oakland neighborhoods. So how did we get here? It goes back to that question Life Academy students are asking. Why does Oakland ban large pollution trucks on the 580 but allow them on the 880? If you don't know Oakland geography, let me paint you a picture. The city is sandwiched between hills to the east and the bay to the west. 580 runs along the base of the hills. It passes Mills College, the Oakland Zoo, and several regional parks. In contrast, 880 runs along the western edge of Oakland, near the bay. It passes the port, the airport, and the Oakland Coliseum, where the A's play. And this has been historically a representation of the class and, to some extent, racial divide in the East Bay. Robert Self is a professor of history at Brown University. He wrote a book about post-war Oakland. The hills were middle and upper middle class. The flatlands, working class. The truck ban in the hills goes back to 1951, before the road was even a highway. Then it was called MacArthur Boulevard, and Oakland City Council wanted to keep it free from truck traffic. MacArthur Boulevard was what you might call the heart of, you know, middle-class white Oakland in those years. It was a neighborhood whose opinions about the world uh, had the ear of City Hall. The trucks were rerouted onto the highway in the flatlands. The city... At the time, they certainly did not believe that the neighbor, those neighborhoods mattered in the same way that the Hill neighborhoods mattered. When MacArthur Boulevard became a highway in the early 60s, the city of Oakland continued the ban, 
on a roughly nine-mile stretch of the highway without significant debate. A few years later, the state had another opportunity to remove the ban, but decided to keep it based on a traffic review. And that's how it stayed for almost 30 years, until the 1990s. We were at a board meeting, and I raised my hand and asked a simple reason. I said, you know, how come my trucks are banned on this stretch of I-580? Robert Ramarino heads Roadstar Trucking and is the former president of the California Trucking Association. I'm paying federal highway use taxes uh, for the trucks. He says he should be able to use the freeways he helps pay for. The California Trucking Association pushed Caltrans to study lifting the ban against trucks on the 580 freeway. Caltrans agreed. If it found good reasons to lift the ban and the city of Oakland was on board, it would recommend opening the freeway to trucks. But before that study could even happen... The Oakland City Council passed a resolution affirming that they wanted to continue a ban of trucks on Interstate 580. That's now Alameda County Supervisor Nate Miley. And I do recall that because I was on the Oakland City Council at the time. We thought keeping trucks off of 580 was a good thing based on traffic safety. I don't think we were really thinking a lot about air quality at the time. State legislators wanted to keep the ban, too. Residents living along 580 didn't want Caltrans to study the policy. They were worried that it would lead to lifting the ban. So they put pressure on their representatives to stop the study before it started. I was getting dozens and dozens of calls from angry neighbors who wanted to know why this was happening. Ellen Corbett was a newly elected state assembly member at the time. She held a meeting for constituents and Caltrans representatives. And we ended up with hundreds of people. In fact, there were so many people that came to the meeting, there was overflow out into the parking lot. Corbett says residents were worried about noise and road safety. She says 580 wasn't made for trucks, which Caltrans says is not true. The freeway is safe for all vehicles. But beyond that, Corbett says her constituents felt if Oakland and San Leandro lifted the ban, they would be breaking a promise made to them decades ago. There was a commitment made that trucks would not be on that freeway because these neighborhoods had been destroyed. Building freeways through established neighborhoods was actually commonplace by that time. And when it happened to communities of color, they often didn't have the political clout to extract promises like a ban on trucks. And did you hear from constituents along the 880 at this time? No. Corbett wrote a bill to make the ban permanent and therefore strip away the suggestion for regular studies. It passed and became California law in 2000. A truck ban on an interstate is rare. 580 is the only one in the state. Historian Robert Self says what's happened with the 580 truck ban is the definition of structural racism. Because people can make decisions that don't on their face seem as if they're motivated by racial animosity, but have profound downstream racial effects. And so any individual person can make a decision within that system that appears entirely neutral, and yet it's got massive racial impacts and effects. Angela Scott agrees. She's the East Oakland community organizer with the environmental justice group Communities for a Better Environment. We had this discussion with our community members before about, like, would we want to push back? Uh, would we want diesel trucks to go on 580? For her part, she thinks if East Oakland residents don't push back against policies like this one, it hides the problem. But not everyone agrees. And folks 
said, like, you know, we don't want to put that on anybody else because it's horrible. Scott says truck emissions are just one example of the outsized pollution burden her community bears. And it's time for that to change. So we have to go beyond, like, oh, you know, that was maybe a bad decision, or uh, how do we undo those bad decisions? With all the things that we know now, how do we fix it so that people are sharing burdens? That's solidarity. She has some ideas. Electrify as much transportation as possible, but also lift that ban. I know people not gonna like it, but like, it's such a racist policy. Lift the ban. And that idea isn't out of left field. Here's Alameda County Supervisor Nate Miley again. Remember, he supported the truck ban in 1999? I think I would probably, knowing what I know now, would make a different decision to try to phase it out. We need to take steps to phase that ban out. Other city representatives agree. The students at Life Academy have some ideas to improve air quality along their highway, too. Give us air purifiers to help us clean our air that we breathe in in inside our houses. Another solution can be to plant more trees because the trees clean the pollution. Using electricity rather than diesel fuel because electric-powered vehicles can be charged with solar or wind power that keeps our environment clean. While some of these ideas will take years to implement, there's more immediate movement on something else the students want, something community advocates have been demanding for decades, a study of the band's health impacts. Air District officials have now committed to doing that study, likely by 2023. It sounds simple, but it's a review that's never been done, not in 70 years. That was KQED climate reporter Laura Clivens. Officials in California have some of the same ideas as these students. Last summer, the Air Resources Board announced a rule requiring truck manufacturers to transition from diesel to electric, starting in 2024. These regulations say by 2045, every new truck sold in California will be zero emission. As Laura reported, air officials plan to study the health impacts of the 580 truck ban, but actually overturning it would require support from Oakland, San Leandro, and state lawmakers. Special thanks to the students of teacher Patrick Messick's sixth grade classes at Life Academy in Oakland. Jalen, Angel B, Emmanuel, Isabel, Sophia, Halim, Oswaldo M, Emily, Rodney, Annie, Melvin, Aldahir, Michelle, Esmeralda, Osvaldo Z, Jacqueline, Angel A, Dylan, Belinda C, Gabriel, Itzia, Brian F, Dennis, Sandy, Michael, Sky, Belinda M, Ibriana, Ivan, Jasmine, Wilson, Brian, Alexandra, and Kayla. Thank you so much for sending us this question. Bay Curious is produced by Susie Rocho, Olivia Ellen Price, Brendan Willard, and Katrina Schwartz. The podcast is made at member-supported KQED in San Francisco. See you next week. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play May's trivia game? 
Every month, we read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a cool prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, the world's longest-running pillow fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment, and if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. Thanks.